downstairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Hi, this is Dick Morris every Sunday at noon. Good to talk to you. I want to introduce my sidekick, if you all yet like the music for the show. Uh, the guy who picks it out is named Doug DiPiero, who is an artist and a musician. So, hi, Doug. Hey, Dick. How you doing? Doing great. Good, good, good. So, um, the Biden got the worst possible news today, uh, an article in the Washington Post. The most important thing everyone's looking at now is the Republican versus Democratic head-to-head in the congressional races coming up. And uh, the generic is, if the election were held today in your district, would you vote for the Republican or the Democratic candidate? And normally that's a very accurate predictor of what's going to happen in the election. has a slight Democratic bias, but, uh, but if it's tied... Uh, the Republican usually means there's going to be a small win, a gain of seven or eight seats. In 2010, when there was a total wipeout of the Democratic Party and the Republicans gained 62 seats, there was a seven-point margin of Republicans over Democrats. Now, there is the largest margin that has ever been in the history of asking this question, which is about 35 or 40 years there is a 10-point margin now for the Republican, 51 to 41. Never happened before, never even come close. Amazing. So how many seats is that? Well, the answer is nobody knows. We've never gotten to count that high. And uh, it is just an unbelievable change. 10 points. I believe that could translate to 80 or 90 seats. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, the... Democratic Party could become an extinct species in the House of Representatives. They should go to the Interior Department and apply for endangered species states <laughs> so that nobody can, they, they can't hunt them anymore. <laughs> and this is coming about because of our good friend Joe Biden, because people are discovering the fundamental truth about Joe Biden. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. The great pretender, pretending inflation is temporary, pretending that his stimulus package is paid for, pretending that America is strong, pretending that our withdrawal from Afghanistan was planned and orderly, pretending that he's going to stand up for the United States when Russia invades Ukraine, pretending that he's uh, doing a good job as president, pretending that he's controlling the border, pretending that he's got the recession in hand, pretend, pretend, pretend. You know, Larry Kudlow, who broadcasts on this station, uh, had a very interesting perspective on that. Listen up. We don't have an emergency, and we don't need emergency spending. The Democrats, the left-wing progressives with big government socialism— essentially wanted to turn the emergency spending into permanent spending and then some. 
That's the logic, but the logic doesn't work for the economy. And then they want to finance it by taxing successful earners, successful small businesses, successful companies. Larry Kudlow's on every Saturday at 10 o'clock on WABC 77. And Kudlow is the author of the success of the, of the uh, Trump economic policy. It's his doing. Absolutely incredible. But look, the point is that Biden is coming across to America as the total phony that he is. And uh, we're increasingly learning that having a mask over his mouth was a vast improvement for having the mask off and being able to put up with what he's about to say. And uh, while this is going on, the Democratic Party cannot stop spending. Uh, they just can't stop. Uh, no matter what they do, they can't stop. They're loving us by increasing spending and increasing inflation. You know, Biden has finally put his foot down to deal with inflation. Uh, But the problem is he hit the wrong pedal of his car. He put the left foot down, so he stepped on the the, uh, right foot down, so he stepped on the accelerator, not the left foot down to step on the brake. So nobody told this guy that when you step on the accelerator, the car goes faster. And that's what he's doing with inflation. But I've come to the conclusion that basically Biden has given up on fighting inflation. What he's trying to do is to win the race between wages and costs so that he's trying to say, okay, I'm going to stimulate the hell out of the economy. I'll put all kinds of trillions of dollars into it. The economy will race ahead and incomes will go up faster than prices are going up. But what this idiot doesn't get is the very inflation that his policies are causing are causing supply chain bottlenecks that stop the supply from catching up with the demand. Uh, He can't produce enough to satisfy the demand because the very inflation is stopping that. So it's a little bit like a dog chasing his tail. Uh, The faster he runs, the more the tail eludes him. And Biden just hasn't figured that out. It's amazing. But his policies are having a tremendous political consequence, and I alluded to that at the start. There is now a 10-point lead for the Republican Party in the congressional elections coming up. This means that Democrats are going to be wiped out wholesale. But think about what that's going to do to the Democratic Party. About of the 220 Democratic congressmen in the House right now, 100 of them are from black or Latino districts. They're safe. Nobody's going to beat them. Nobody's going to come into Harlem and win that congressional seat. Nobody's going to win it in Bedford-Stuyvesant. I don't care how bad Biden is. I don't care how low the Democratic Party ratings yet. Those seats are safe. So you have about 100 safe black and Hispanic seats in Congress that are Democrat. But you have 120 
white Democratic seats that are dangerous and in tremendously great danger. Most likely, given these facts, they're going to lose 70 or 80 of those seats, almost two-thirds of their their total of white Democrats. So when I say white Democrats are becoming an endangered species, uh, it really is true. And the problem with the white Democrat has always been that he gets most of his votes from the black community, but he's white. So he wants to win the nomination so he can keep his House seat or Senate seat, but he does it largely with black votes. A good example of that is in New York City 20 years ago. There was a mayoral race between Freddie Ferrer, borough president of the Bronx, who at the time was my client. He was in a primary against Ruth Messenger, a white uh, a white from the west side of Manhattan. I think she was borough, which went on to be borough president. And Messenger and Rangel fought each other, and Messenger won the primary. But she won it by defeating Ferrer, Ferrer, I mean, not uh, Freddie Ferrer. So he defeated a Hispanic, she defeated a Hispanic, and then in the general election goes begging for Latino votes. You know, vote for me and for mayor. I just defeated your idol. I just defeated the guy all of you voted for, but now switch over and vote for me. <laughs> and it just didn't work. She crashed in the race because none of the Latinos would vote for her. They said, you killed our guy. Why should we now turn around and vote for you? So the Democratic congressmen, in a sense, are caught between two loyalties, the loyalty to the to their own ethnicity because they are white and they want whites to be elected and their loyalty to their black and Latino constituents. So in a sense, they're caught torn between two lovers. So what's the consequence of this? The Democratic Party will increasingly become the black party. No way around it. Not the Latino party, because Latinos are jumping ship even as the Democratic Party sinks. When I look at these polls, I believe Republicans are going to carry a majority of the Latino vote, certainly if you take out California from that, where they're pretty crazy anyway. But the but in terms of the the rest of the country... I think that Hispanics are breaking ranks. You know, they joined the Rainbow Coalition, but at the end of the rainbow, they never got their pot of gold. Hmm. Let let me take a little exercise to see that. Name all of the top black political leaders in America, okay? Um, Coretta Scott King, uh, Tim Tim Scott from uh, South Dakota, uh, uh, all of them. uh, There are so many top black leaders, that the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement, there are probably about 20 of them that you could name, even Republicans like uh, Clarence Thomas. Now name the top Hispanic leaders in the United States. I can't think of any. Cesar Chavez, but that's, say, that's 40 years ago. So who else? Who else? Uh, I can't. Sotomayor, I guess. But, I mean, come on. 
And that's because the tail wags the dog. 19% of the population is Hispanic. 13% is black. And everybody talks about the blacks, nobody about the Hispanics. And I think this is catching up with the Democratic Party. And they are about to be typed as the black party. And uh, that's going to be a, a real problem for them to dig their way out of. Unbelievable. Now, you know, there's a very important development in the economy right now. Finally, inflation is catching on to everybody's catching on to the idea that there's major inflation, runaway inflation. It used to be something that we talked about on the air, but nobody much believed. But now it's becoming very clear that there are major parallels between what happened in 99, 2007, and today. We're in a bubble, an everything bubble, like the Internet bubble, like the SNL bubble, uh, like any of the bubbles that have happened in the past. And the, and the Fed is raising rates, interest rates, to try to deal with inflation. It's still a zero, but they're saying coming in the next year are six or seven interest rate increases. And that has the markets freaked. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but for the last three weeks in a row, gold and silver have gone up virtually every day because it really is inevitable that this is going to become a major increase uh, as we move on. You're just beginning to see the early signs of it. And by the way, the people that get very rich are the people that jump when they see the early signs of it and uh, don't wait around. So call the Patriot Gold Group. Get a no-fee-for-life IRA uh, that you can fold into your 401k or your IRA uh, and uh, call 800 386 4470. That's 800-386-4470. You know, I'm nearsighted. Make that 4470. 4-5-6-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. 800-
20, 30 years ago saying illegal immigrants couldn't send their kids to public schools. And, you know, that, that gave them a feeling they weren't really welcome mm-hmm. and, uh, and it really undermined the Anglo-Hispanic relationship in California. But the rest of the country isn't true, and I think that uh, Hispanics are voting Republican. But you want to know my prediction for 22, is that right? Yeah, I want to know your prediction for 22, and I also want to know if you like pizza, just to lighten up, if you like Grimaldo's pizza, because they're, yeah. they're really great. Yeah, we you get like it here. The two, three boxes sitting outside. Anthony. Waiting for me to eat it up um, of Grimaldo's pizza. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to win the House and the Senate. People say the House, yeah, but the Senate? Come on, you can't win the House with a margin of 70 or 80 seats and not win the Senate. I mean, you know, these states have incumbents and leads, but it's a democracy. You're going to overwhelm them. I just think the issue here is not will the Republican Party win. But will the Republican Party win the House, at least, with a veto-proof majority? My guess is that they probably will. But one of the nice things that's happening now is that the Russia-gate investigation, the hoax of claiming the collusion between Trump and Russia, is finally coming back to bite Hillary Clinton you-know-where. And uh, it's it's closing in on it. It absolutely is getting close. Uh, and what's come out now is the is the role played by Christopher Steele, who is the British spy who retired as the head of the Moscow Bureau of the uh, MI6 and their spy outfit. And uh, he went into business for himself. And he was hired by the clearly Hillary Clinton campaign, actually by the Ellis Law Firm, which was retained by Hillary's campaign. So there's a cutout. And now we're learning that he was in direct contact with the FBI, uh, giving them phony information that led to the FBI getting FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. And when they say the Trump campaign, they mean Trump. You know, sometimes he calls his headquarters on the phone. Well, that conversation would be overheard uh, by wiretaps, just spying on the candidate himself. So it's interesting to follow this guy's career. And now he's become very public. Secret Agent Man, secret Agent Man. They've given you a number and taken away your name. Now his name is about to become really well known because they're going to put people on the witness stand to testify about him and to testify about the Hillary campaign's involvement in the Russiagate scandal. And it's going to be the U.S. Attorney's Special Prosecutor, John Durham, who's going to be doing the investigating. So he'll, they can't attack him. He's, in fact, a Democrat. But the, the, the role of each of these guys, Sussman, who was uh, a lawyer for the, for the law firm that retained Steele, is going to get on the stand, and they're undoubtedly now going to have to put on the stand uh, the, uh, the the guy who is now guy who's now the national security advisor who uh, was heavily involved Jake Sullivan who was heavily involved in this thing and they're going to have to ask him what did you do were you in touch with the Hillary campaign were you in touch with Hillary did Hillary know about all this did Hillary authorize it and you're going to creep closer and closer to Hillary in this investigation and at some point. One of these witnesses 
is going to say something extraordinary. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. At some point, they don't want to do her dirty work, and they don't want to cover up for her. And there's no incentive to cover up for her because she doesn't have any political power now. She can't appoint anybody to anything. Um, she lost her juice. Juice and job, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Jake Sullivan, for example, did her dirty work in the campaign uh, because he, when she was Secretary of State, he became she, he became her spokesman. And then he was. She was so wired him with Biden that when Biden became president, uh, he appointed Sullivan his national security advisor. But now the gravy train is running out, and Hillary really has nobody to hide behind at this point. She's basically exposed and basically stuck. You have to realize that the reason she concealed her emails was to conceal the paper trail connecting her with the Clinton Foundation Bribery for Speeches Network and with the Russiagate phony uh, Trump link to the Kremlin. She had two hot items here that would crucify her if they got out. She had to email about them because can't talk by phone about them, can't always meet with the perpetrators in person. So you need some communication. And that's why she hid her emails. And it cost her the presidency, literally. Thank God. But... um, but it's clear that that's why she was doing it. That's what it always is with Hillary. I've, you know, I've worked with her for worked with her for twenty years and worked against her for twenty years. So we're basically even now. I atoned, you know. Even and, and what happens with Hillary? There is an original sin, something that she does wrong at the very beginning, and to cover that up, she'll get into all kinds of new trouble about the cover up. She made a little bit of money she shouldn't have made, not a lot, in the Whitewater scandal. And then she goes through this whole complicated thing of phony billing records and pretending that she didn't do the legal work when she did, and a straw purchaser, even though that was prohibited by the uh, the Commodities Trading Commission. All that is a cover-up for that original sin she won't admit. Or she makes money on the, few, the commodities exchange uh, with illegal tips from of the lobbyists for the chicken industry. And to cover that up, she won't release her tax returns. And because she won't release her tax returns, they name a special prosecutor. And because they name a special prosecutor, the right wing feeds the Paula Jones case to the prosecutor. And because they fed it to him, they call Monica Lewinsky to the stand. They call Clinton to the stand. And he lies about Monica, and he ends up being impeached. Amazing. Go underneath it all, and you find underneath it some original sin, usually not so bad, that perfectionist Hillary is trying to cover up. Uh, And uh, and that's, that's just the way this woman works. Now, we are seeing a real development now in the emergence of inflation as a national consensus issue. Ask anybody, what's the major issue facing the United States? And they say inflation. Now, they didn't used to say that for the first year of the Biden presidency. They bought when everybody said, oh, this is just transitory. This is just a reaction to COVID. This will go away. 
and inflation is not a serious long-term problem. Now we're saying that that's all BS, that it is here to stay. It is dominating our economy. And the history of inflation shows that there's only one secure, safe harbor to protect yourself in the event of inflation, and that's gold or silver. Why? Because they can't print the stuff. (laughs) Will Rogers once said that he believes in investing in real estate because they can't make it anymore. (laughs) So so they can't create an artificial supply. And, And so gold and silver are the safe havens. And now you're beginning to see gold and silver go up dramatically. And that's because people are now realizing for the first time that there really is a serious issue here. And the only way out of it is through gold or silver. So call the Patriot Gold Group at 800-356-4470. If you think inflation is going away, don't make that phone call. But if you think it is not going away, you think that it's here to stay, call 800-356-4470. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Dick Morris here. We, um, we present both sides of every issue. We don't really because we only, protect, only present the, product, the correct side. <laughs> but we try to think that we present both sides. So let me give you both sides of the threats by Russia against Ukraine that I think are increasingly real. I think Russia is going to invade Ukraine. I know about Ukraine because I ran the campaign for the anti-communist who got elected president, Yushchenko, right after the election. This was a great time in my career. I was facing the guy for the other side was Paul Manafort's client. So it was me against Manafort, and I beat him. Of course, he went to jail for eight years, and I, I didn't, but poor guy. Anyway... So this is what Ukraine is thinking right now. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. And this is what Russia is thinking about Ukraine. I'm a fool to do. Like a bunch of little kids. <laughs> Russia loves Ukraine. They're everything a big bad wolf could want. Um, Russia's population is 145 million. Ukraine is 50 million. So, and Ukraine is larger than even Poland. It's larger than the whole Soviet Empire. And uh, if they Russia with Ukraine becomes a world power, Russia without the Ukraine becomes just a country. The guy who first taught me this is Bill Clinton. Uh, I was talking to him when he expanded NATO to include Poland and Hungary. I said, why are you doing that when it pisses the Russians off so totally? And he said, I need a land bridge to Ukraine. I want to guarantee Ukraine militarily. And unless I have a land bridge, I can't walk troops over there. You can't fly in enough to be strategically significant. I need the land bridge. Mm. And that made me realize how crucial Ukraine was. One of the reasons I went to work for Yashchenko to help him get elected to defend uh, the democracy in the Ukraine. Uh, but 
now it is now they are in horrible jeopardy because of uh, Biden in the White House. Uh, depending on Joe Biden is really something that shouldn't happen to your worst enemy. And uh, I think that there's a very serious chance here of the Russians invading, and I'm not sure anybody stops them. I mean, even Obama was so cowed by the idea of Russian intervention that he gave, he shipped bandages and towels to Ukraine, non-lethal aid, uh, would not send them guns, would not even send them ammo. Trump changed all that. This guy who supposedly colluded with Russia was in Putin's pocket, sent them missiles and tanks and all sorts of equipment, and Russia cut off the invasion. They pulled their troops out. The separatists suddenly started, suddenly stopped demonstrating. And then the second Biden left office, they were back at it. And you're going to see this more and more, and it's going to be a very, very serious situation. Uh, let's go to John in Bergen County. Hey, John. Mr. Morris, it's always an honor to speak to you. Yeah. I just wanted to make a quick comment about the um, inflation. Uh, it is not only not transitory. The supply chain has most likely been weaponized. Considering we get most of our goods from China, they're going to be using the supply chain to hurt us as much as possible going forward. Yeah. Quick second point. You're, you're right every about that. One of Joe, every single one of Joe Biden's policies and the Democratic policies are by nature inflationary. So you have Joe Biden making bad decisions constantly, and you have the weaponization of the supply chain. Yeah. That could only mean me, one thing. Let me explain that a little more. You're so right, but you spoke fast, and I want to weaponize your comments. <laughs> the, um, the reason that inflation is here to stay permanently is that the massive amounts of money Biden is injecting into the economy are going to stimulate spending. People are going to do it. They're not going to frame the checks. They're going to cash them, put them in the bank, write checks, credit cards, spend them. That means there'll be a huge demand for goods and services. But to produce those goods and services, they have to go to the factories and place orders and get the stuff made or hire people to get the services performed. And because of the tax breaks and the spending and the, uh, the welfare aid, people aren't willing to work. And because of the inflation, the supply chain costs too much. In other words, he, his spending stimulates demand and truncates supply. It reduces our ability to have goods available for people to buy. And that means that prices just soar, and that's what you're looking at. Uh, and, the, uh, and, and the supply chain doesn't need to be weaponized deliberately. It'll be weaponized simply because the inflation that's causing this whole problem is going to screw up the supply chain. Uh, let's go to my favorite caller, Judith in Brooklyn. Hey, Judith. Hey, you're embarrassing me, but I really appreciate it, even though all the callers are, I think, better than me. But thank you so much, Mr. Hi, Judy. Let me. You know, hi. That, that's yeah. my friend, Doug DePiro. Hi, Judy. Yeah. Oh, oh hi. And oh, hi. Doug wants your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Call him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm always in trouble um, yeah. uh, Mr. Morris, I was laughing. I called right away. I was laughing about you calling Biden the pretender. So I had to share <laughs> two things. I had to share a few things with you. Instead, I call him, instead of our commander-in-chief, I call him con man and thief. <laughs> that's, right? that's good. That's you good. like that one? That's con like, man, what do they say? Like, 
Gojo Brandon or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. yeah which, is, which is short for something better. But also, <laughs> I want to tell you something based on everything you were saying. Biden, to me, uh, Biden has the miser touch with an S because everything he touches has created misery and disaster for America. Yep. You know, inflation, taxes, yep. on and on, woke as a military. I want to share something with you, and I'm sure you would know this, Mr. Mars. Uh, first of all, I feel like this is this is by design, social Democrats by design, designed to sacrifice America. But let me remind you of someone. Cass Sunstein, he was the Obama and Biden's regulatory czar, and in one of his books, he says, quote, unquote, sacrificing America is well worth it, redistributing the wealth, et cetera, et cetera. So these people are very, you know, what should I tell yeah. you? This is on purpose to sacrifice yeah. America. Me, and we're, we're feeling it. Let yeah? me elaborate that point a little bit, Judith, because you're so right. I, I, may have, I may have said this before on the radio, but it bears emphasis. In 1980, the socialists took over France. Mitterrand ran for president against my client, Jacques Chirac, and uh, it was running Chirac's campaign in France. And Mitterrand was elected, and he beat Chirac, and he said that he was going to socialize everything, and he did. He took over like 15% of the economy, uh, all the railroads, the banks, the steel companies, the pharmaceutical companies, everything was owned by the government now. And all the capital fled to Reagan's America, or Thatcher's Britain. And Mitterrand lost in the next election, campaign helped run beat him, and he repealed everything. He privatized everything, completely backed away from the socialist agenda. And the socialists learned then that they had to take out the United States and Britain in order to have socialism in their own country. Because if they just had socialism in their own country, all the capital would leave and the economy would tank. So they set about a project to make the EU a socialist enterprise, trapping Britain in it. And then they worked on undermining the United States with Obama and now with Biden. And the way they did that is they controlled the media in the United States, not through any nefarious relationship, but just because they followed the leader in the French culture and the, in the German economy. Those are the leaders they respect. And so... They took out the U.S. and Britain. Then something horrible happened. Britain went to Brexit and left the EU. Mm. I helped run that campaign. And then, Brilliant. Uh, and then Trump won in the U.S. So we were free. So suddenly they had competition. Lenin once said, you cannot have communism in one country. It has to be worldwide or it won't work. And that's just the lesson they had. So now they're trying to get it back with Biden and they're trying to get it back by restoring, uh, making capitalism extinct in the United States so that they can have socialism in their own countries. And that's what is at work here, the deliberate effort to destroy the United States by the countries we saved in the war. Thank you for calling, Judith. Good point. Let's go to Jerome in Passaic City. Hi, Jerome. Uh, hi. I think what... I think it's good that Cinema and Mansion are holding out. What do you, and Mansion wants to hold out for twenty two. That tells me that he really he he, he will hold out because for what I figure, uh, I think he really wants to basically hold out and then yeah. when the election well, is me, over. So let me go through that. Uh, Mansion 
uh, is up for re-election in 24, and Cinema is up for re-election in 26. So nobody, none of them are up in 22. Uh, Manchin used to win by 60, 65% of the vote. I lost the campaign to him. I was running the guy against him, and he won with 60% of the vote. And um, he was invulnerable. But then West Virginia changed. It became Republican. It used to be Democrat, poverty, coal miners, union, all of that. Then they realized the Republican, the Democrats wanted to put them out of business with the environmental stuff. So they flipped and they began to vote Republican. But Manchin was stuck there as their Democratic governor. And when he ran for Senate, people voted for him. But in the last election, he won by like two points, wow. having won by by double digits in the previous election. So he knows that he's an endangered species. He knows he could be voted out of office any minute. Why doesn't he switch to the Republican Party? He might not be able to win a Republican primary because he's pro-choice and he's got a whole bunch of social positions that won't go down well in the Republican Party. So uh, he's not going to switch uh, because he needs to be the the renegade Democrat in order to win. Cinema was elected along with Mark Kelly, who's the other senator from Arizona, who is a doctor, the former astronaut, who is a doctrinaire, left wing, walked down the line with Pelosi, Democrat, and Cinema is making her living in what is basically Republican state Arizona as a Democrat by being a renegade Democrat. It was Manchin and Cinema both from Democratic states. West Virginia always goes, uh, Republican states. West Virginia always goes Republican, and Arizona always should when they're not trying to fix it. And the only way they live is by not being typical. It's like the opposite of Susan Collins in Maine. She's a Republican from a Democratic state. She should be a Democrat, but by being the only Republican that doesn't fall in line, she makes her living and survives. So these guys are both going to hold out because their survival really depends upon it. So our survival is increasingly dependent on being able to weather the economy and being able to weather inflation. And we've had a lot of experience with inflation in the past. And when we have, we have learned one fundamental truth. If you can't print it, you can't inflate it. <laughs> and the last guy that printed gold was God. <laughs> and, and if you if you can't print it, you can't inflate it. God. <laughs> so so obviously gold and silver are the hedges against inflation. So that's why you should call the Patriot Gold Group uh, at 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you Yes, I'm stuck At last, I have a question on the call board here that's easy to answer. Doug in Asbury Park. Hey, Doug. Yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm I really good. enjoy your show. Um, you. Listen, I... I I just wonder how we can coalesce to fight. You know, you're describing socialists and Democrats and communists as destroying capitalism and what America's founded on. Exactly what do we do to challenge that and to we figure to win. destroy them? We win. Win, win, win. That's what we do. We win. Uh, this is a country with elections. 
we are headed for a gigantic, unbelievable, amazing, toe-curling, gigantic, seismic shift in 22, with the House of Representatives going so Democrat you wouldn't believe it. They're going to have to move the furniture to have the aisle. (laughs) You wouldn't even be able to get an aisle down to have enough space for the Democrats. And uh, we'll capture the Senate, too, and then we're going to capture the White House. And then you will look back at this period as a bad dream. But more importantly, it will be the base for 10 years of power for the Republican Party and conservatives because we finally gave the left what it wanted. We finally gave the left every dime they wanted. We gave every law they wanted, and they screwed up the country royally. That lesson will be enduring. Why did FDR win the elections of 1932, 36, 40, 44, and Truman won in 48 and took Eisenhower, a hero, to reverse that trend in 52? Why? Because in the elections of 1920, in the, in the Depression of 1929 to 1932, the country learned its lesson and stopped trusting the Republican Party. Until then, in the aftermath of the Civil War, uh, the country was Republican much more than it was Democrat. Only two Democratic presidents, Cleveland and Wilson, during that period. All the rest were Republicans. And the country learned its lesson. And they, it, it took decades, decades, almost half a century, before they would trust the Republican Party again. Ronald Reagan was really the beginning of their trusting the Republican Party with the economy. Uh, now the Democrats are headed for the same thing. This is what they have done to themselves. And it's not going to wear off. It's going to continue and be a an ongoing phenomenon. So let's go to... Uh, Gracie in Rockland County. Hey, Gracie. Hi, Dick. Listen, thank you so much for this college tutorial. I really mean it. You learn so much listening to you. Now, this is my comment. I hope when we take over the House of Representatives, they vote for a majority leader not like Paul Ryan, because I blame him for not working with Trump. And and I'd like yeah. to know what you think of that. Well, Maybe I'm off base. Well, no, I, he tried not to work with Trump, but Trump ran him over, and uh, and he was not Trump was he was not able to dominate Trump. <laughs> Good luck with trying. Uh, so uh, so, uh, but I, I do believe that's true. Now the issue is, what will Kevin McCarthy be as speaker? He's online to become speaker, and he probably will. I think a good guy like Jim Jordan may run against him, but I don't think he'll be able to get the votes. I think McCarthy will get it. And McCarthy, but McCarthy is no McConnell. When McConnell began to condemn and dump on Trump uh, and uh, Pelosi pushed this uh, January 6th committee, this phony deal, the modern equivalent of the House on American Activities Committee, um, McCarthy wouldn't go along with it. So I think you're going to get a good leader in McCarthy. I think that he won't always be what you want him to be, but I think he'll be good enough. Uh, And I think McConnell is on his way out. The rumor is that he's sick and that it's going to be hard for him to run. The problem is, Gracie is is, is in the Senate, because the guy who's in line to replace McConnell is even worse than he is. Uh, Thune, John Thune, T-H-U-N-E, the senator from South Dakota. 
Thune is, uh, first of all, he's an idiot. <laughs> I've met with him. <laughs> I've talked to him. And, you know, there are some people you talk to when it's like tossing a rock into a well. It takes a long time before you hear the splash. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and, and that's that's where <laughs> Thune is at. He is so conventional. He is so South Dakota. He is so not reacting to anything, not really uh, being not activist, Dump. passive, and uh, and he's he's a moderate, which is to say, he really is a nothing. And uh, I do not think that he's going to be an effective leader of the Senate. But thank you for that question. Let's go to Joe in Staten Island. Hey, Joe. Hey, Mr. Morris. I was going to ask the bill that uh, the infrastructure bill that the thirteen Republicans, you know, let go so it could get passed. Yep. Um, where can we get a copy of that bill so I can make copies of all the stuff that they voted for that they probably didn't read, and now they're going to shove it down our throats because well, they're thirteen Republicans. First thing you got to do is go out and buy a Xerox machine. I don't mean rent one. Won't. Feel enough to print it. I mean, <laughs> buy one. You're talking about like ten thousand pages or something. Uh, seriously, you're talking about twenty five hundred or so pages in this bill. So nobody's actually ever read it. Uh, the interesting thing about this bill that has not been publicized is that it makes Pete Buttigieg, remember the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, I always call him Booty Boy. <laughs> he has he will become the dictator of the Western world. I mean, this guy is about to go from a nothing position to one of the most powerful men in the world because this bill basically votes a boatload of money, dumps it in the Interior Department, Transportation Department, rather, and where Booty, Booty Boy is the secretary. Booty Boy. And says, hey, you go spend it any way you want, discretionary with you. Uh, it, it's a series of purposes. We, for example, want to mitigate the leaking of heat that comes from urban areas, which with the sidewalk is too hot. Uh, we charge you with mitigating that. Uh, we want to uh, have more efficient cars. We want you to find a way to do that. We're, we want you to put out grants that are incentive grants and conversion grants to make it possible to have the world we want to have. And we have no idea how to do that. We're just congressmen and senators. The only thing we're good at is spending money. So here's the money. You decide how to spend it. And out of the $550 billion that is allocated for infrastructure improvements in this bill, almost $200 billion of it is discretionary with Booty Boy. Uh, he can decide how that money is spent. And uh, there's no competitive bidding. Uh, there's no requirement of oversight. He's got going to have an ethics uh, guy who he's got to appoint, but it'll be one of his buddies. And uh, this guy is now the most powerful public official in Washington. Nobody else has that kind of discretion with that kind of juice. And, um, of course, he was defeated for president. By the way, bear in mind, Booty Boy would have been the the Democratic nominee uh, because he won all of – he won – the previous primaries, I think he won. Uh, he uh, he placed first, I think, in Iowa. I think he placed first or second, but with Sanders, so it was basically first in New Hampshire and uh, Nevada. He stumbled, but 
uh, he was in very good shape going into this nomination. And then Clyburn endorsed Biden and blew him out of the water. Mm. The reason that he lost is that the blacks in South Bend didn't support him because as mayor, he had ruled in favor of a cop uh, that killed a black guy. And and that turned the, the blacks in the city against him. So he was accused of not doing enough for the African-American community. And now, boy, is he going to make that good. He's got $200 billion to prove how great he is. Let's go to Joe in Manhattan. Hey, Joe. Hello. How you doing? Doing good. Hello there. Uh, Dick Morris. Yep. Just want to be brief. Uh, Biden, jerk bandit, is out of his mind. He wants to put up $13 trillion that we cannot afford for this reconstruction nonsense. And to get a load of this, half, near half a million dollars for every person who illegally invaded the country. Let them come legally. Let them go through the process as our ancestors did. Yep. The bottom line is half a, billion, half a million dollars to each illegal alien and not a cent for American veterans who yep. are out in the elements eating out of drinking out of garbage cans, making up 50 percent, half of the men and homeless men and women, God help them, and each and every year 13,000 American veteran suicides every year, God forgive them. Okay. Well, let me talk a little bit about that aid to illegal immigrants that Biden is proposing. What I think most people don't realize is Congress will have no voice in this at all. Mm. Uh, it'll be entirely up to Biden and uh, Garland, the uh, justice, the attorney general. Because what's happening is these illegal immigrants, uh, using free lawyers provided by the government and by the ACLU, are suing the government saying, you separated us from our children. You took our children away from us, and you put them in cages, and it was cold, and they didn't get enough to eat, and you, we suffered cruelty as a result of this. Our kids suffered economic cruelty, and we suffered, suffered enormous emotional distress. So you caused our emotional distress, which is defined in the law as a tort, and you can sue for damages because of a tort. You can say this costs me X amount, and that translates into Y amount of dollars to compensate me for my emotional distress. And then what Biden is going to do is he's going to settle that lawsuit. He's going to say, okay, okay, I won't litigate this. I won't fight you in court. I'll go ahead and I'll settle this, and I'll pay you $500,000 for each kid <laughs> as a settlement in your lawsuit. Congress has no voice in it. Nobody appropriates that money. It simply is paid as part of a settlement to a lawsuit by the federal government. And this is a tactic the left uses all the time. They sue, and then they get a settlement. That's how they did the election in Georgia. Uh, Stacey Abrams sued, saying the last election I was cheated out of votes. And rather than litigate it, the governor and the attorney general settled the lawsuit and in the settlement, they agreed not to verify signatures in the next election. And you couldn't override that because it was a court settlement. And that's what Biden is trying to do here. Now, of course, this begs the question. Number one, how did the kids get to the border? Mom and dad brought them. How did they get abandoned? Well, mom and dad knew that they would be separated at the border. Can they a, get sued, the mom and dad? Well, right, yeah, right. but you need a plaintiff. 
Right, I'm you kidding. need someone to yeah. sue them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could be, but yeah. the ACLU's not going to sue them. Right. Biden's not going to sue yeah. them. You need a plaintiff. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're going to. Uh, so, so these guys are going to walk away with this money, knowing full well that they brought it on themselves in bringing the kids to the border, mm. and they knew that they'd be separated, and uh, and and so on. You know, you rob a liquor store. And you get prosecuted, you get separated from your kid. Yeah. We're not going to send the kid to jail. Kid's not going to go to court with you. You're separated, and uh, even if that makes you an orphan, so um, so they knew that, and yet they went anyway. And that obviously is one of the reasons that they did it in the first place. Now, Mike from Queens has a good title for President Biden. Let's hear it, Mike. Good morning, uh, Dick. Uh, great show. Uh, do you agree that Biden has kept one promise that he made, that we would not see helicopters lifting people off the embassy? That's because he wouldn't send the helicopters. <laughs> yeah. Making him, yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Make, you're right. Making, <laughs> making him the strander-in-chief. <laughs> strander-in-chief. Oh, man, that is wonderful. That's good. You know what? You just made my show. That was great. Mike from Queens, Strander-in-Chief. Strander-in-Chief. Oh, man, that, that is wonderful. Great. That is terrific. You take care, guy. You keep thinking. Call me anytime. <laughs> that was good. So what we covered today is that uh, the, the the generic ballot between the Democrats and Republicans for 22 is now a 10-point Republican win. That's great. That's the largest it's ever been in history. Nobody knows how many seats that equates to because it's never happened before. Mm. The best was seven in 2010, and that equated to a 63-seat gain. Ten, maybe it's uh, 80 seats, maybe it's 100 seats. And what that means is that the white Democrats are all going to lose their seats. Blacks and Latinos won't because they're invulnerable in their districts. So you have 120 white Democrats in Congress. I'll bet two-thirds of them are out of office. Uh, wow. Which means that that you basically make the Democratic Party into a black political party, and uh, the prosecutors are closing in on my old friend Hillary Clinton, uh, not because they have indicted her, but because they are about indicting and investigating and revealing stuff about her top people, Jake Sullivan, her, basically her top elected colleague. He, she is they're joined at the hip. And uh, they're going to ask, quest- ask him questions. And I ran the song, I Refuse to Do Your Dirty Work by Steely Dan. You're going to see that's a song he's going to be singing too. So take care. See you all in a week. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.